from underneath. Is that what they call it? From underneath? Yeah, from down under. As oh, know, yeah. From like. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's from down under. I got to bug you. You're the first official uh, uh, woman on the podcast. Oh, so, wow. Am I? Yes. Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. Oi, oi, oi. Welcome to Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. <laughs> Welcome to Packers Without Borders. I'm your co-host, Matt Larson. I'm Bruce Edmonds. Get ready for an hour of Packers, dad life, laughs, and love. Vamanos! I'm Jeremy Retz. You're listening to Packers Without Borders. Go Pack Go! Matt Larson, Packers Without Borders. Here we are once again. I am in Oak Bank, Manitoba, Canada. I am uh, joined, of course, with my good buddy Bruce in El Paso, Texas. How you doing, Bruce? There was a little mariposita. She was flying through the jardín. De repente, pum, se cayó. Ajijo, she dijo. I'm going to go with that's good. We are joined by uh, the inaugural, the very first... A woman to be on the podcast. We are talking to Mel in Australia. Mel, how are you this fine morning? Well, I'm good, guys, and I'm honored. I'm honored to be the first woman on the show. Are you a fanbot? No. <laughs> no. Oh, man. It's okay, going to be a long day. I've been drinking quite a bit today. Bruce oh. has been drinking since yesterday night. Oh, okay. See, it's nine o'clock on a Sunday morning here. Nothing's begun yet. Hey, are you able to Google what tonight's draws numbers are for Winnipeg? <laughs> because the I, future, baby, we're in the future in Australia. I will split that 50 50 with you. No <laughs> doubt. I don't know how Canadian dollars work in Australia, but <laughs> like they, 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 they got they to be worth something. They got to be worth something. So, Mel, tell us how you became. A Packers fan in Australia. Yeah, so um, I don't know how familiar you guys are with Australian rules football, so the AFL, but yeah. I go for a team called Geelong, who wears the big G, like the Packers, um, and we have our Aussie rules football season in our winter, and in summer it's cricket, and I love test cricket, so I don't know if you guys are familiar with test cricket over there, um, but it wasn't enough sport for me. So I started getting into American sports. So I started watching this, this game called Gridiron and thought, wow, this is okay. This is quite interesting. Kept watching and thought, well, I need to align myself with someone. Um, so I saw a documentary on the Packers and realised they were owned by their fans, which, which our clubs in, in Aussie rules football are. Um, that they're a regional club, which the club I followed Geelong are. They had the big G, like Geelong. So that was it. Sold. Became a Packers fan from then on. Um, so that was around 2000, I don't know, 2000, 2005. And then um, in 2012, I bought some shares in the Packers. So I'm a Packers shareholder. Yeah. Wow. And, and you know what I thought, guys? I thought... This will make me rich. <laughs> <laughs> Little did and you as know. It turned, as it turns out, um, the monetary value is absolutely zero. Um, but, you know, you get to say you're a Packers shareholder and that you own the Packers. So, you know, that's good enough for me. <laughs> and that's, that's priceless. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. That, that's um, that's um, brownie points right there. So... Who are your some of your favorite players? Mm, there's so many guys. Um, but look, the first um, the first jersey I bought was Clay Matthews. I adore Clay um, and Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb are probably my favorites over the journey. Um, and at the moment, fingers crossed. <laughs> 
AR12, obviously. Um, yeah, so let's just see Do what happens. Is there a lot of Packer fans where you are? Or is there like maybe it's a place that you guys can go? No, so I, I'm in Melbourne, um, which is Melbourne, Victoria. We're in lockdown. Lockdown number five. So we're all going a little bit crazy down here. Yeah. Um, and I work at a, um, I work in a sporting industry. So I'm, I'm surrounded by men and they love their American sports, NBA, NFL, all of it, baseball, and none of them support the Packers. I'm the only one. Um, it seems to be, it seems to be the Patriots, um, you know, the Steelers. The, the Eagles, you know, San Fran, all, all those, you know. So, yeah, I'm only, the only Packers fan on here, but on in Twitter world, there's quite a few Australian Packer fans that I've connected with over the journey. So that's that's good. Matt loves this question. I'm just I'm just going to throw yeah. it out now, Matt. Might oh, God, as well. a scary one. Oh, are you ready? Here we right? go. Here Matt, we go. Mel. And the reason I do that, I'm going to give a little background on this question now. She lives on a deserted island. Exactly. She literally lives on a deserted island. Go ahead. But if we're on a deserted island. <laughs> we have 26 million people here. We're just all in lockdown. Yeah. Deserted. If you're on a deserted island. Guys, you would love Australia. And you could only pick two albums, no greatest hits. What are the two albums that you would take on to a deserted island to listen to for the rest of your life. So this has changed from the Packers podcast. Um, wow, I wasn't prepared for this question. I know, I, I, that's what I do. Uh, Pulitzer, Pulitzer work right there. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say Kings of Leon would be one. Very good, nice. that's a good one. Okay. Um, I do like the Kings of Leon. I'm not a big music buff, I've got to tell you. Um, but you know who I also love that's a lot um, out of my demographic, but Phil Collins, he just calms me. Have I lost Phil you? Collins. <laughs> that's a theme I've noticed, Mel, that most people pick like my chill mood and my I'm angry I'm on a desired, de deserted island mood. So yeah. on is like your active let's start doing stuff and Phil Collins will be. I thought for sure it was men without hats. I thought for sure men without hats. My God. <laughs> That's what I thought. I'm disappointed. I'm sorry. Doing, this, doing the safety dance. That's what I was hoping for. I probably for. needed more time to think about that one, though. In, in fairness. <laughs> now, you know what? You can, you can tweet us at, at Borders when you decide, but it's two albums and it can't be greatest hit. So we already know it's Kings of Leon. But what's that set? So Phil Collins, but which album? Because you can't do greatest hits. So you need to decide which ah. album. Okay. Okay. All Give right. me time to mull over that one. Yeah. Well, tomorrow will be. I'll, I'll, I'll get back to. I can answer it, but seriously, it was that the title of one of his albums. But seriously, or something. I like think that? so. I think so. Yeah, I think that's the one I like. I like the most. Beautiful. So I'll try and stay anyway, on topic I'm here. I'm thinking we're going to talk about the Packers, but you know. I was trying. I was trying, but Bruce has <laughs> Bruce has been drinking all day. Could only put that in Australia. Yeah. Uh, Bruce, Bruce is great. <laughs> okay. Uh, what do you think the Green Bay Packers future looks like? Is it bright? Is it dismal? What are you looking? What do well, you I mean, if I read everything Adam Schefter says, it's, oh. pretty, it's pretty green. It's pretty bright. Yeah. Um, so I try not to. He's blocked. Um Unfortunately, we see the retweets about 50,000 times and that picture yesterday of the last dance, my God, if I saw it one more time, I was going to shoot myself. Um, I th look, I think I have faith that the boys are staying. I have faith that Aaron's coming back. And I think that if they are staying and it is the last dance, as, as it's suggested, um, We'll win it this year. We'll go all the way and then we'll go right down. <laughs> but that's okay because once you've got the ring, it doesn't matter what happens afterwards. Do you really think that though? Are you not confident in love and just the team in general as, as a whole, the team that, that we've put together? Do you feel that that's not 
not that it's plug and play, but you don't think that love or how does it how does it feel as a whole? <laughs> in the future, hmm. um, well, seeing as I do live in the future, I should probably be able to answer some of these. Yeah, who wins the Super Bowl? Um, okay. <laughs> oh, the Packers. Obviously. Um, uh, look, when we drafted Love. I think like my heart just sank because we traded up and I, I, I was just like, what are we doing here? We've, we've completely lost the plot. But it seemed to work as an organisation last year for us and I, I fell into the romantic notion that, you know, he, he was under Aaron's wing and he was going to learn the craft from Aaron and it would only benefit love and benefit the Packers. So I'm on board for love. Um, I love love, so um, it's it's not all gloom and doom if we lose Rogers. But you're talking about an MVP, um, you know, goat type three, yeah, top three quarterback of top three quarterback ever, um, and you know, a, a, a love coming in to to do that that task. So when you look at it that way, you kind of have your reservations, don't you? But um, you know, I don't. I I actually have faith in our system and have faith in in, in what we've done there. So, um, and he's had a fair bit of room to to um, prove himself and have an impact um, over. Well, what's your summer? Um, so, no, I'm all I'm all in. I'm all in if if we're if we're left with love. So whatever, I'm a packer for life. So whatever happens. That's what I wanted to hear. And that's why you're, that's, you know, you're if Aaron leaves, he yeah. leaves, it's still a packer. So where, yeah. so obviously you watch, is there a bar or a watering hole or where do you watch the packer games? It's not, if it's not your house. Yeah. Where do you watch packer games? Unfortunately, guys, it has to be my house. Because the games are usually on at three in the morning, on a Monday oh. morning. Oh. So I, I'm usually in darkness, in my bed and in my pyjamas, watching, watching the Packers at three, four in the morning. Um, sometimes we're lucky and it's scheduled at about 10 o'clock, 9, 10 o'clock in the morning here. Um, but it's a Monday morning, so I'm meant to be working. So I've got the game on, my boss over my shoulder, you know. Um, (laughs) but they're kind of they're kind of used to my passion with the Packers um now because I've I've been over to Green Bay twice Um, twice now wow which which two games yeah so the second time I went over was just January 2020 so before the can I swear on this program fuck yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) so before so before the world became a fucking mess yeah. And, and before we're all living in this shit pit um, called Corona, um, yeah. I, I went over in January 2020 for the playoff game um, at Lambu and following up in San Fran, but we lost that one, so I went home. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so look, the dream, the dream is that, you know, one day I'll be living in Melbourne for six months of the year for our footy season, which I absolutely love. And I implore you guys to watch AFL footy. You will love it. Um, and then for six months in, in Wisconsin or Milwaukee. So um, that's, that's the dream. That's the dream, guys. I, I, um, I Australians are the best and most dedicated Packer fans in the world. If you're watching a game at three in the morning on your We have no other choice. We have no other choice. I mean, that's when it's on. So what can we do? I mean, sometimes, you know, um, when I'm at work, you know, I can watch bits and pieces before I maybe get told off. Um, But because we're working from home, nobody knows. Yeah. Yeah, right? Oh, so, super busy, boss. Super, yeah. got to let you go. Yeah. <laughs> All seven people listening to us know now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're eight. Okay, uh, uh, tailgate snacks or tailgate food? What do, you, what do you eat when you're watching the game? Oh, well, it's so early. I'm not, I'm not eating here, but um, I did go to the tailgate um, 
I did go to a tailgate. I went to America. So when I went over in 2020, I went by myself and yeah. I knew no one. I knew no one. It was the scariest thing for me. Um, so I thought I've got to experience this tailgate. Like what's this tailgate? I've got to experience this. So I just made friends with random people. And as soon as they heard my accent, which I can't tell, but you can tell, um, oh, they welcomed me with open arms. I was I was in the click. Um, nice. Packer so fans, we like to do that for each cheese. other. There was lots of cheese. Everything had cheese on it. <laughs> um, it's, the number, was, it's the number one export. I mean. I don't know what else I expected, but... Um, but you know, I was I was a little um, jet lagged, and <laughs> I was still on Australian time. And at three in the morning, we're not eating cheese on everything, you know. But um, but yeah, hey. So I got in the spirit, and you know, Mel, if you have one message for all Packer fans oh, around the world, so what is that message that you have for all Packer fans? My message is that. This club has such, or this team has such a rich history. Be proud of it and stick with the Packers no matter what happens over this offseason. Stick with the Packers. Packer for life. Love it. Absolutely love it. That was absolutely perfect, Mel. It was an absolute pleasure to jump on here with you and meet you Anytime. finally face-to-face. -face. Back on. This was wonderful. It was awesome. Thank you so oh, much. I love you guys. I love, love you. Love you too. Packers Without Borders, I am your humble and good looking co host, Matt Larson. Up here in Oak Bank, Manitoba, Canada, I am joined again by my good buddy, the effervescent Bruce out in El Paso, Texas. How you doing, Bruce? Buenas nachas, Matt. Buenas nachas. So, buenas nachas to you too, buddy. How's the weather down there in El Paso, Texas? I don't know about you, man, but I, I think there's a fly infestation right now that I am dealing with in my house. I've had to spray the shit out of my house with pesticides, and it's not dog shit. It's just, in general, there are just flies everywhere, and I don't know what the hell's going on. Those, little, those little black flies? Yes, dude, just little black flies. Just yeah, we've got them up here too. We got it's almost like they just woke up or something, and they've decided that they're gonna, you know, pound us. I, I, I mean, going on, it's craziness. But it's craziness. Nice. You clean it. You know, are you cleaning the garage today? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, we're doing some spring cleaning. We started with the garage this morning, and my my wife is. I I, I did the girls' bedrooms over the last two weeks, painted them, sent them up because we. I lost my man cave, gave it up for Matilda, and now she has her own room. So we're kind of shifting the house around a little bit and doing some spring cleaning in the summer. And my, my wife is full 120% doing that type of stuff, but we did the garage this morning. Nice. I, yeah. Nice. Got to take a few loads to the dump, that sort of thing. Oh, man. Maybe that's why there's so many flies. Maybe. Oh, maybe you brought them with you. Yeah. They're all in the back of your truck or yeah, something. I open it up. Hitchhiking. Swarm. <laughs> they're all <coughs> they're all trying to catch a ride north. Yeah, brother. So I've heard a couple of dad jokes today. Uh-oh. And I'm, I'm going to tell you my favorite one, and then I assume you're going to have maybe one or two or ten. I've got, I, I've got a manual. Have you got a manual? I do. Who's, oh, look at, oh, look at that. It is the good the bad listen there's no good ones and there's no, <laughs> like, bad. And there's no there's, bad there's no bad ones but my my favorite is the uh you know i i i'd like to go to join a nudist colony but i can't get the wrinkles out of my birthday suit that's my favorite one oh my <laughs> are we going right are we going right to our favorite let's go to your favorite. what's your favorite what All is right. your favorite one so mine's actually a public service announcement okay okay so you have these friars that are trying to raise money for their monastery, right? And I guess monastery is none, so I don't know what you call a brother location where a bunch of brothers get together. But 
you know, the, the brocade others. The yeah. Brocade. And they're trying to raise the brocade. There you go. The one that I lost. And <laughs> they're trying to raise money to, to fix up the place. So they decide they've got a beautiful, beautiful rose garden and flower garden. So they decide to open up a florist shop and they go to town, they open up this florist shop and they're having to just, they're just killing it with their business. And all the other florists in town start getting really pissed off, dude. Like the competition is just on them. So they start going down there and threatening them that they need to close their, their florist shop down. It's like, what the hell? And what are you doing? You need to close down. And the friars are just shaving it off, whatever. They don't care. And they keep selling flowers and they're just taking over the market. And all of a sudden, all the, all the florists in town get together and they're like, all right, I think it's time to call Hugh. So they call Hugh and Hugh's this gigantic, like Andre the giant type of dude. Right. And, okay. and they send him to go visit these friars at their florist shop. And he walks in, he's like, you either shut down or you're going to have to deal with me. And these friars, after all this time, really got scared and finally decided to close down their shop, their florist shop. And all the florists in town are super happy. So you know that Hugh and only Hugh can prevent florist friars. Oh, Oh, oof. Oof. That's bad. That took a long time to get there. Get there. <laughs> that took a long time to get there. Oof. Never leave it short, buddy. When you're, when you're putting for birdie, you never leave it short. No, no, you don't. You don't. Wow. It's important to talk about those types of things. However, you can connect with your kid or whoever it is about mental health. Absolutely. Those types of things. And whatever makes them feel comfortable to open up is a way that you do it. Cause then you're aware and they open yeah. up about it. That's why I'm doing it. hundred percent. That's the last thing. That's the last thing you want to ever have to go, go through. And, and as a parent, you, you try any and all ways to prevent any harm, uh, any wrongdoings to your children. And I mean, I've said it before, if I've got to stand on top of the roof and cluck like a chicken, to keep you safe. That's exactly what I'll do. I got no qualms about it. Whatever it is that needs to get done, let's do this. Let's yeah. let's make sure that this happens, right? And some of it, you know what? Some of it is uncomfortable for me, but tough luck, tough luck, right? My kids didn't. Uh, my kids didn't uh, choose to be born. I chose to have kids, right? So we we decided to be dads. You know, at yeah. that point, there's a big responsibility. We've talked about this in the past. The, the shift, the mental shift of committing to being a dad and there's circumstances and things that are out of everyone's control and we understand their situations out there but whether you stuck your pecker in somebody by mistake or not at that point you made a decision and it, it's your job to take care of that person it doesn't matter that that they're carrying your blood and you need to make sure that that you look out for them whether you're present and you and i talked about this a lot man and and I love how we were talking earlier about we don't, we really don't know a lot about each other. This has been an awesome journey. And I think that's part of the beauty of, of, of you and me is we talk all week and we get to know each other more. And the more I speak to you, the more I realize how similar we are in a lot of things. And especially as dads and how we're raising our kids with just maybe sacrificing other things to make sure that we're present in their lives. There's, there's money, there's issues, there's all these different types of things that you're dealing with. But ultimately, as long as you've got a home and you can be in a cardboard box and you could, or you could be in a mansion, it doesn't yeah. matter. As long yeah. as there's love and support and communication, it doesn't matter where you are. And I think that's where you and I are mentally. And it's helped quite a bit because regardless of what gets thrown at us in life, we know that we have, like you said, there's only a few opinions that you care about, right, brother? Yeah. And yeah, those are the that's only it. Ones that matter. Who are your opinion? I mean, you've got your you've got your kids and your wife, and that's all that matters. That's it. That's all that matters. That all that's all that matters. You've got to you've got to laser focus your attention when you're when you're 20 and you're you're out, you're visiting the world, and you're away from your family, and you're 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 not living in your mother's basement anymore. You're and you're out. You're you're actually struggling. You're paying your own bills. You're carving your own path, and it's tough. And you know what? There's guys out there that are, and I'm not knocking you. I'm 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 just stating stating some advice. That's it. Just an opinion. It's not fact. But there's guys out there that you know what? At the age of 23, 24, they're still living at home, 
They've got no direction. And quite honestly, they're just a little afraid to step out there on their own. It's almost like the baby bird leaving the nest type analogy, right? They, they don't want to go out and do it. You got you to gotta bet on yourself. You got to bet that you're tougher than that. You got to bet that you can do that. And when the chips are down, you got to believe that you can grab yourself by the bootstraps and you can pull yourself out of any situation. And the only way you're going to know is by jumping in that deep end and doing yeah. it. And obviously right? you've got parents just like us or other parents, you're living with them or wherever it is that you're living that are supporting you and taking care of you. So, you know, regardless of what happens in your life, they've got, they've got your back. And that's yeah. all our kids need to know is that we've got their back. Whether you decide to be a hairdresser or, well, you're not going to, they're not going to be strippers. That's for goddamn sure. <laughs> but, but ultimately, and, and it's not a knock on that at all. It's just, I'm saying it's whatever you decide to do with your life, we're going to try to guide you in the right way and make sure that you are independent, you're doing well, and you're taking care of yourself. And, and not that you don't depend on somebody else, because we depend on our wives quite a bit and on our kids and on our family, right? So these guys yeah. or girls that are that are, that are are at home, um, just understand, take that step, trust yourself. You've got, you can do this. And you've got a family, obviously, that supports you enough to get this done. And I think that's what we're trying to build with our kids is that, Whatever you decide to do in life, when you decide to go, we got you. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. You got to let them. Sometimes you got to let them swim in the deep end of the pool, and you get to just stand by the sidelines. Yeah, you know they they've got to experience some of these things. They got to get themselves into a little bit of trouble. I mean, I'm not talking about uh, criminal record trouble, but you know, get themselves into little tight situations and see how they handle it. Yeah. Right. I mean, you got to be able to remain calm under fire. <laughs> you know <laughs> well and, and i think i was raised and i'm sure you were and there's so george lopez is a really good latin comic dude i that that dude stand up is pretty funny because it's very similar to how i was raised and he's got this little bit where he talks about how you teach kids how to swim and nowadays you've got like floaties and jackets and all this type of stuff that before you let the kid you don't want to let him go and fuck that dude my dad and my mom and this is not a joke it was, we had, we grew up with the, well, once we moved into our, our house where I was in high school and I was a little bit older and that type of stuff, but we had a pool and before we always had the little tiny little kiddie pools right on the side of the yard or whatever it was. And that's where you swam, but to actually learn to swim, George Lopez says it was just like, yeah, your uncle, your dad grabbed you, tossed you into the deep end of the pool. You're just like, boop, boop, boop. Yeah. <laughs> try to learn how to swim. And that's what it was. It wasn't like floaties and be safe. No, it's like, figure it out, dude. They're watching you and you're safe because they're right there. But guess what? You fucking figure it out, bro. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> There's certain things, right? It's it's like riding the bike for the first time, right? And they oh, let fails. go of that seat. Oh, fails. Yep. Right? Like, listen, you're... You're, you're going to fall. I know you're going to fall. I mean, even people that ride bikes, yeah, Lance Armstrong falls, right? The last guy that won the Tour de France, he's fallen. Like, you're going to fall. The question is, is are you going to get back up? You're going to get back on it and you're going to keep going. That's it. Scrape your knees, hit a mailbox, run into a bush, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. Just get back up and you're going to do it and you're going to keep doing it again and again. And, you know, and this, this kind of is one of these life lessons and it's, and it's like a life skill. Really? Yeah. Yep. Because you have to have it in you. You have to have this undying belief that you can do it. And you know what? I can't hit a curveball. I can't. Can't do it. Played baseball. Play. Play. Played a little bit when I was younger. Can't hit a. Can't hit a curveball. It's just something I can't do. You. You got to be able to figure out what you can do, and then you got to be able to figure out how you can make a living at that. And how you could be happy doing that. I think that's the key. You're right. It's not about what you're, it's finding out what you're good at, what you're bad at, and help, helping them find what's good and what you're good at and what you're bad at and supporting them. You know, and you see all these athletes that thank their moms and their dads for pushing them. And that's part of our job too, right, man? I mean, it's because as a teenager, as a young kid, there's a lot of times you're like, I don't really care about this. And maybe you're all enthusiastic at first, but you need that extra push to keep pushing you. And once you get past that doubt or whatever it is, that, that time in your life or that period during 
whether it's baseball, right? Like you can't hit a curve, but maybe your dad really loved baseball or your mom really loved baseball or something. They pushed you to that point. That's how you become a professional actor. You become a professional at whatever it is that you're doing, right? Because you have somebody push you and guide yeah. you at what you're good at. They're like, yeah, you might be doubting yourself, but I'm telling you, it, I understand you're doubting, but let's keep going. Let's keep going. And you're going to get to where I feel that you're good with yourself. You know, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. That's, that's exactly it. Is, is you got to stand by the sidelines. You got to cheer them on. I mean, one story that, uh, uh, my, my daughter was doing, it was a uh, cross country, uh, run and they do it at this big park out here and they run something like three miles or something. I don't know. I, I don't know the exact distance, but it's all of the schools. So you've got basically like 600 kids running through this park in one day, right? And uh, they train for it. And there's three races that they do. And uh, the first go round, I think my daughter came in something like uh, 105 or something like that. And she was very disappointed. And I said, well, you know, gosh, when I used to do these as kids, I don't think I ever broke, you know, the top. 200 let alone 105 like wow <laughs> yeah you're in the top 20 percent that's awesome <laughs> yeah like i was like gosh i think one time i cracked the the, the first 50 percent like you know i was usually in that in that 400 range so i was pretty impressed and she said oh i really wanted a ribbon and i said well what number do you have to come in for a ribbon and they were like oh top 20 now as as a parent not a participation step. ribbon, but an actual ribbon, right? Yeah. And as a parent, you know, I, I, I said, absolutely. You need to uh, practice and you need to focus. And when you get an opportunity, you have to go all out and you have to give it 150%. As a, as a person, as a realist, I thought to myself, wow, that bar is so high. Mm -hmm. Like, gosh, I to get in the top 20, I mean, there, there's literally 50 school buses full of kids and you're going to be in the top 20, like, wow, mind blowing. Right. Yeah. The second race she races, she comes in 53rd. And I'm thinking to myself, Holy crap. Almost I, go, I, I can't believe you're at 50, 53, 53, like get the hell out of here. Right, percent, top ten percent. I, I can't, I can't believe it's just completely mind blown. And my chest was probably like fifteen sizes too big. I was walking around like, oh, 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 oh my child, 53, 53, my child. Right, the last race, and she had been practicing and practicing. Thirteen, came in thirteen, got herself. She says, it was the greatest thing I'd ever seen in my life. My, 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 my child taking something she wanted to do focused on it, put all of her energy into it and accomplished it. And, and, and myself, and you never let them know and you never even give them a hint, but myself, I thought it's never going to happen. Like there's no way. How, how do you go from a hundred to top, right? Like it's such a do huge you really, leap. Do you really think that though, Matt? Because I doubt that you doubted her because there's a drive just like you, just like me. And I think that's something, you know, we, there's something similar that I think you and I are passing on to our kids and this, her hitting 13 after doing what she did reflects a lot of your personality and the way that I treat my kids too, in the sense yeah. that um, you do something with intention or don't bother doing it at all. That's yeah. it. And if you fail, guess what? You did your best and there's nothing to regret about it. But normally when a, a human being puts their mind to something, it always happens. Always. Like, and this is, this is why I, I had my doubt was, is when you watch the race come in and every parent will attest to this, when you watch that race come in, there's two or three kids right at the front mm -hmm. and then there's a little bit of a gap and then there's the next 10 or 12, but then there's a really long gap. And those kids that were coming in at the beginning look like gazelles. They look like they were barely touching the earth. You know what I mean? These things were born they've to run. Got they've got natural <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. all I thought was, is holy smoke to crack the top 20. 
like to crack 50 for myself would have been such a huge achievement because I was usually in the three, four hundreds. So for me to even crack a hundred, mind blowing. Right. But for her to, for her to do that, I mean, it it, it was, it was astronomical. It was completely life-changing to watch. And, and, you know, I was awestruck. I was awestruck. Somebody having that much determination and that much willpower to just go, this is happening. And no matter what, it's I'm, I'm doing it, I'm gonna do and it. and did it, did it. So you yeah. did your job as a dad, man. That's the point: is you supported it, you yeah. were there. And had she failed, guess what? She probably was not going to fail because she was going to do it again the following year and the following year until she actually met what she wanted to do. And yeah. that 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 is the epitome of being a dad. I think yeah. right there is you know they're going to fail, and you said this: you want to you kind of want to watch them fail a little bit, right? You want them to feel those lumps to learn. Um, but it's a controlled chaos. It's a controlled. I want, I want goals set and I want uh, now if your goal is coaching the NFL. Okay. Well, what's the first hurdle? Well, first I got to become a coach, right? So let's set that bar like that. Okay. Become a coach. Instead, my kid was like, top 20. He's like, man, you maybe want to talk about, <laughs> you know, top, top 60? You want to talk about that a little bit first? No. Top 20 or bust. She's like, Super Bowl or bust. That's how it's working. And I said, all right, let's do it. And mind-blowing, mind-blowing, awestruck. Such a perfect mentality. You think about what you want from your kids is that type of of mentality where it's you set a goal I've got a really my my best friend in high school and just recently um he's a cardiothoracic surgeon man like the dude saves lives and he he really is phenomenal he's like he's an amazing surgeon amazing person um but we were in 14 years old high school and I knew he told I'm going to be a cardiothoracic surgeon he came from nothing man like no money nothing at all, but that's what he was. Nobody had ever graduated like more than high school from his family. And now he's one of the greatest, like he genuinely is one of the best cardiothoracic surgeons in in the U S you know? And my daughter has that same mentality. She just turned 15 and she's, we've, we've had some, some, some bouts in my family with very close relatives, like my, my nephew, was diagnosed with leukemia. Um, my wife's best friend, uh, 30 year old, 30 something year old, you know, 38, right around there. Leukemia survived. Both of them are doing well, but it, it motivated my daughter. She's like, I want to be a pediatric oncologist. And I'm talking to my, my buddy now, right. With, with this cardiothoracic surgeon stuff. She's like, I might want to be a cardiothoracic surgeon. I mean, she's 15. So it's not this little, like little step. So what we did is she reached out to him and said, Hey, I'm back from summer vacation. I've got a couple weeks and he invited her and she's gone into surgeries with him now and she loves it. So she's very determined to do that. And wow. Yeah. I I, I don't know what to say to that because I, I, I never aspired to that much. I mean, I wanted to be an attorney and now I'm on a podcast and I do health informatics consulting, like nothing to do with what I studied or what I did, which is, I think what What did you, what did you want to be? What did you want to be? What was, what was the first thing you wanted to be that you could remember, you know, as a kid? I wanted to be an international law attorney. At what age? Probably nine or 10 years old. And Got really? all, yes. And got all the way to the point. I mean, even through college, I did political science. I did English. I did everything I could. I got accepted to NYU, um, went down there for a visit over the summer, sat down, went through the interviews, got accepted into the school. And then they're like, well, you can't work. And, you know, they kind of told me the financial act. It's half a million bucks. And this was 1997. And it was half a million dollars and you need to take out loans and you need to do this. And it was 
like my dream was right there, but it was going to uh, half a million dollars, no work, nothing. You just need to come and you need to do this and you need to take out loans and you're going to owe us a half a million dollars. And ironically, I just ended up um, coming back. That was in December when I went to New York and did that. And I came back home and the, the, my principal at my high school um, called me. He's like, what do you know about computers? Nothing. He's like, well, I need a computer science teacher. And in my mind at that time, I was like, I'll save some money, you know, as a teacher and I'll go to law school making 18 grand. That didn't happen obviously. And then I just kind of went this way, but that's like, I had a goal and I set my mind to it. But ultimately what I ended up doing was something completely different. And that might happen to her. That might happen with, with your kiddos too, right? Where they had set something, but as long as you have goals in mind and they're driving themselves forward, they're not being, it doesn't matter what you do. Are you happy with what you do? Like, it doesn't matter. Are you happy with yourself? Are you happy where you are, whether you're a cardiothoracic surgeon or whether you're mowing lawns, mowing lawns, it doesn't matter. Are you happy? Are you good? Are you giving yourself a good life? And are you happy with yourself? That's all that matters to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. It does. That's exactly, that's exactly how it works. Do you think my, do you think my kids go, Oh, you know, they run up and down the street going, yay, my dad does this. And my dad does it. They don't, they don't do that anymore. This is Matt coming to you from Cincinnati, Bengals country, where I'm a huge Packers fan. This is Packers Without Borders. Shout out to Matt and Bruce for putting on a good show. Right? Nobody does that. We don't find out about anybody else's. I mean, geez, I, I live next door to uh, I live next door to uh, people who work for the government, uh, police officers, RCMP, nurses. I mean, I don't, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's all relative. It's all relative. For myself, it's about how much time am I spending with my family? Can I provide the life that I think that we deserve and we should have? Is there enough food on the table? Is there a roof over our heads if we got clothes on? I mean, we've, I started my own business and during those first few years, you know what, I'll be honest, there was a few times where we damn near lost our house. Like it was tough and we were living job to job and praying for you know a little bit of help from above maybe we could get a little karma win that lottery please give me something but i kept betting on myself i kept believing that no matter what it would what it would take i was going to get there and i was going to drag us by the face all the way there yeah it's going to happen regardless doesn't matter i mean dude i i'm a it was I've been through a couple stints in, in my life and I'm, I keep making the same stupid ass mistake, which I think the advice is, is learn from your mistakes. Like yeah. I'm 40, about to be 45 years old this month. And I still, over the last four years, have made the same mistake three times and I'm paying for it again right now because Absolutely. I trust people and I make mistakes. I started my business while I was successful and I sold it off you know, to a company that promised me the stars and the moons and that, and I'm getting screwed over it again. And you know what, man, that's, that's on me. That's my fault for doing that. But like you said, it doesn't matter. I, I mean, I mowed, like I had a master's degree and it doesn't matter. It's who, you know, first off. And secondly is what type of drive do you have to get that? Because I've got a responsibility and obligation to make sure that my kids, and it's not about giving them everything that they need and everything that they want. It's not, well, give them everything that they need, not everything that they want. Right. But so I'm not scared. I mean, it's stressful just like you with your business. Those three years were probably insane for you, but guess what? You had a wife right there, right by your side, no matter what the hell happened. And she's still there and she's still with you and you are who you are. And you, and her boss is what it is because of the amount of time and effort that you put into that. And that's where you are, man. But you made decisions for your family, not for yourself. Yeah. I mean, I remember I wanted to be, uh, I don't know if you guys got this down in the States, but it it was a TV show called Babe Winkleman's Fishing. I don't know if you remember Babe Winkleman at all. Babe Winkleman was this guy from Tennessee and he would fish and he would, uh, you know, uh, uh, he came to uh, my parents or my grandparents owned a fishing lodge out in Sunaros, Ontario, and they he came to Lake of the Woods and uh, one time and he shot a couple of episodes out there. And I actually met the guy at the convention center at a at a boat show. Right. You remember the boat yeah, shows? They said, yeah. So I went and I got his autograph and I was like, that's what I'm going to do. I was 12 years old. and I'm like, I am going to have my own fishing show. 
And I'm going to do exactly like this guy does fish all day, get paid for it, travel around to these great conventions. I mean, they were pretty cheesies back then looking on the, looking back there, you know, the dirty curtains, they were in these little booths, you know, you could tell all of them were like, I don't want to fucking be here. Right. Like, they're yeah. like I got another hour and I can go. Right. But that's what I wanted to be. And then I wanted to be a hockey player. Then it was professional football. And then it was probably an architect. Then it was a cartoonist. And then it was uh, a bartender. And then after bartending for a little while, there was uh, quite a bit of me thinking, you know, you can't be a 50-year-old bartender in a nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. sooner, sooner or later, kind of got to get a job, you know, something respectable, maybe, you know, a nine to five, maybe something, you know. I mean, not saying that bartending isn't respectable. I mean, don't get me wrong. But listen, when, with, with all bartenders and servers out there, okay, I can promise you, when it start, I start tipping at 60% on everything, 60%. I know, I know how hard it is. I know the struggle. I am more than patient. I, I, I appreciate you guys, the serving community. I, I love you guys. You're, you're my people. You're, you're, my act, you're acting like Aaron, where you're like laying groundwork just in case there was going to oh. be blowback. But no, you're right. Oh. I mean, it, I've been blessed to to set goals in my life that I've been able to achieve. Um, pretty much, like you know, I, I've set either smaller goals or bigger goals for myself, and I've I've always, for the most part, been able to reach that type those types of milestones. You know, I wanted to play professional rugby. I did that. Um, I try to do just anything I set my mind to. It's been, I've been blessed to be able to do that. Obviously it's a struggle on the way there, right? Trying to get to those points, but I set what I think are, are manageable or at manageable expectations. Right. And then once you reach that, then there's always this next step and you kind of keep pushing yourself and you keep pushing yourself. So it's, it is what it is, man. I, I think it's this, that's what we're trying to pass on to our kids, right? It's just set goals. It can be short-term, it can be long-term and we've got your back and that's it. And because we've, dude, I would not be who I am without my wife, um, quite honestly. But when you're talking about being a bartender, it's not that there's anything wrong with that or there's anything wrong with anything. It's more about there, there's a difference in, between, and, and we joke around about this all the time with my wife. Cause she's like, when are you going to fucking grow up? And I'm like, never. Because yeah. <laughs> there's a difference between maturity and responsibility. So I'm a responsible, immature adult. And I'm always going to be immature until I'm 90 years, God willing, 90 years old. Maybe not because I'll be shitting my pants and I'll be changing my diapers. But, yeah. but it's, I'm responsible. I do what I need to do, but I'm always going to be an asshat. You know, I'm always going to be a fucking moron. <laughs> so deal with it. <laughs> I know, you know, it's it 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 that kind of touches on, and I'm not going to name any names, and I'm not going to name any specifics because you know what, I don't want to give any Twitter trolls any recognition or praise or any famedom whatsoever. But you know, it, it you don't have to spend your days full of hate. You don't have to. You can literally choose. Have a better, and you don't have to say to yourself, you know what, for the whole year, I'm going to be a good guy. That's too, that's too much. That's too much. And that's why people have trouble quitting smoking. I, I used to smoke, I used to smoke a pack a day. 15 years, I smoked a pack a day. Okay. And yeah. I quit and I quit because I kept telling myself, I'm just going to go one more hour, just one more hour. Right. I mean, I use the nicotine gum. And after one pack of the nicotine gum, I was able to switch over to uh, Wrigley Spearmint. It tasted exactly the same. So my brain didn't really figure out that I wasn't getting the nicotine. And, you know, it's been years later and uh, I still crave. Are you kidding? Every time I smell somebody smoking a cigarette, I can handle that. But a few times I've had too many to drink and then you have a cigarette and I'm sick for like four days. So I can't, I can't have them anymore. Right. Yeah. But and I think happens exactly. It's, it's that mental training, right? But it's little steps at a time. It's not the, don't go for the goal to get the goal. 
You need to work your way, like you said, with your daughter, 105, 53, 13. It took steps. It took time. It took effort to get to that point. It's yeah. not. Yeah. 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 You don't get to just say, yep, I'm going to be the starting quarterback. Nope. Nope. It doesn't work like that. Right. Like you've got to, you got to learn, you got to play, you got to get up there, you got to get drafted, you got to blah, 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 blah. There's so many. So when people, instead of spending your days full of hate, how about you just go today without hate? Today I choose, today I choose love. Just, just for today. I'm just going to try today out. One tweet. Start with one tweet, one positive comment. That's it. That's it. How good you're going to feel. About sending one positive comment, giving somebody something that makes their day better, which will make your day better. That's it. Just one tiny little, just, just try today. And then you know what? When you wake up tomorrow, try for tomorrow. Yep. That's it. Choose that. I know. I mean, I'm guilty of it. Trust me, especially when I'm driving in traffic. Whew. <laughs> Let me tell you, I cannot stand. I cannot stand the traffic in my city. In my city, they've got the world's worst drivers. I mean, it's horrible. The uh, I, I, you can tell because they all say Manitoba on the license plate, which means everybody, everybody in my bloody province is just horrible drivers. I mean, you'll get you drive into the city, and within three or four blocks, you get cut right off completely, and people are yelling at you as you're swerving for your damn life. You know, and they're like, "What are you doing, jerk?" And you're like, oh, "I thought I was driving straight down the road, ma'am. Sorry." <laughs> well. And you have snow plows and you have oh. equipment that you're dealing with, with people that it's like, come on, man. Like you've got a lot of responsibility on stuff. Well, what do we got here? All right. What, here uh, okay. Here you go. Ready? Yes. Funniest or most embarrassing dad moment. Go. Now, is that for me that I, yeah. or that yeah. I dealt the, with? That you personally were a part of. Oh man. Either happened to you or you were standing there and it was happening. Mike Hilt is very polarizing. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And there are times where it is hot as hell (laughs) and I must remove the undergarments to let fresh air in. Why? Sorry, Matt. It, where, it is, I wonder where we're going with this. Well, <laughs> so I'm at a golf tournament with a very good buddy of mine. And I always, golf tournaments, I, I wear my kilt. Always. And, uh, of course, we're on the last hole. There's one of the last holes. And there's this putt that this dude needs to make. To win, at least within us. I don't care about the rest of the tournament. Like, I'm playing my game. I don't focus on anything else. But this yeah, yeah. dude, between us, like, as, as a foursome, right? Like, two, a twosome there and a twosome here. We're doing a scramble. And the dude's got about a 15-foot putt. And if he makes it, they win. And we had money on the line. You know, we were playing some skins. And we were playing some different stuff. And at that point, you know what happened? The underwear was removed. Uh-oh. And I sat right over that golf cup and I put my testicles in that cup. And I was like, no, the balls. No. Yep. Let him try it. So what did he do? He put it as hard as he could to try to hit my balls. And then of course I lifted up and I didn't let him hit my balls and he missed the putt. Well, fast flash forward a little bit. My wife's like, dude, why am I hearing this story about a guy with a kilt? and i was so mad matt because you know one of the things is like they were telling the story wrong yeah no yeah i had to explain and she knows everything and i had told her about it but the fact that it got out was what bothered me a little bit right because it's like you do stuff in life with your friends and people that you trust and those types of things. Like, dude, this stays between us. And the fact that that foursome, it got out to the world. And then all of a sudden another wife told my wife that this happened was just like, and my wife knew about it. I told her about it, but the fact that it got out for her was like, dude, really what the fuck is wrong? So, and I was like, well, that's my immaturity, hon. Sorry. So just one question. Yeah. What did that have to do with being a dad? 
Well, <laughs> when, he got, when he got back, so when he got back, dude, okay. this stuff is, my daughter's older. Yeah. And now there's this kind of thing swirling around about a guy in a kilt who, yeah. Exactly. Uh, you know what, you know, my, my friends will come by and these are guys that I went to high school with or play football with or whatever. And they'll tell embarrassing stories in front of my kids. And my daughter just looks at me and I go, you know what? I did a lot of stupid things. I don't know what I could tell you. That's, exactly <laughs> that is my response. That's my response too. It's just like, what do you want me to tell you? It was before I knew you. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, but it came I mean, back and, and then she was just like, oh my God, dad, I can't believe this and blah, blah, blah. But it was like this. And not that I don't care. What bothered me about that entire story was just the fact that it got out where you're with your, you know, you're with, with people that you trust. And that's what goes on on the golf course stays on the golf course. For the most part. Yeah. <laughs> sort of. Apparently, apparently nuts. A not. not. <laughs> Dude, you know what? Somebody told me the other day to stop impersonating a flamingo. So I put my foot down. Oh, rough. You're welcome. <laughs> rough. I had rough. to get I, I don't know. I didn't know how to get out of that kilt story, dude. I can't believe oh. it. That's what happens when, dude, I'm six in now and. <laughs> I start getting a little loose-lipped. A little bit. Don't worry. Just between us. <laughs> Probably. All right. Canadian lesson. You ready? You yeah, ready for your Canadian lesson? All right. Button it. Button it? Button it. Button it. Oh, button it. Close it. Like, shut it. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Button it up there, buddy. <laughs> And like yeah, it. you'll get that. You, you know, our buddy Mick, when he's, uh, you know, lipping off in the uh, Lambeau fields there at Cops, uh, if, if, if it was Canada, the Canadian cop would say, hey, button it up there, buddy. <laughs> okay. Uh, I do want to go over some proper pronunciations. Okay. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's roof, roof, yeah, not it's rough. Roof, not roof. Yeah. Not not rough. rough. Okay. It, it, it's it's creek, not crick. It's creek. It's crick. Down by the crick? No. It's no. creek. Creek. There's two E's. It's 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 English. It's the King's English. Accurate. Okay. And last but not least, anyways. Anyways. Anyways is how you end a conversation in Canada. Oh. Okay. So let's say you and your neighbor go out to check your mail because we got those mailboxes. You got to walk to the end of the street there and go check your we mail with the mail right? We have the same. Okay. okay. So um, I, 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 I'm old enough to remember when they used to put the mail at your door. That's how old yeah. I am. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you walk down there and sometimes you get caught in like an uncomfortable, oh shit, right? Like, oh, man, Larry, I just wanted to come and check and see if the bills are in. If they're not in, like, I just kind of want to go back inside. And in, instead you stand, uh, you stand out there talking about tree fertilizer for 35 minutes <laughs> anyways so you go anyways <laughs> and that's, that's kind of like your trigger for the other person who know okay we're done with the conversation that, yeah yeah that's one apply, of those I'm polite gonna that. i'm gonna apply that regardless of whether people know or not anyways <laughs> so your spanish lesson is this are you ready okay let's do this all right so there is there's a lot of stuff with DACA and people that come into the U.S. and you know you've got Mexican Americans, right? So there's this 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 conception of people come into the U.S. and do these types of things. So there is a word for someone who lives in the United States with a Mexican background or a Latin back. Let's just say Latin American background. Somebody like a Spanish background. They come in. And you, their parents speak basically all Spanish. And then you come in and they are going to teach you English, obviously, because you need to incorporate. But they're trying to teach you Spanish. And a lot of people, um, a lot of kids really have this cultural issue with not accepting being Mexican or speaking Spanish. So they kind of stick to just speaking English. And it's called, so 
it's not a bad thing, but it, it, it's a pocho. Okay, so oh, pocho. It's just with P, pocho. Pocho. A pocho, yep. So a pocho is somebody who comes from a Latin background and is in the U.S., but doesn't really embrace the, the Spanish language as much. So they're more English, but they do throw in some Spanish. So they'll mix their English and Spanish a lot as opposed to just speaking English or speaking Spanish. So if you, if you blend both languages together, it's a pocho. So I can speak fluent English. I can fl speak fluent Spanish. But if I was a pocho, I'd say something like, let me see. Hey, bro, pasame esa cerveza because I'm thirsty. Tengo mucha sed y tengo muchas ganas de hacer drink, bro. So what you do is you mix the English and Spanish, right? So that's a pocho. Yeah. So, oh. so I'm going to teach you a little poem, and we're going to try to get through this. That oh, my right. uncle, it's a pocho uh -oh. poem. Okay. Are you ready? And Let's you do it. Eat after me. It's, there was a little mariposita. There was a little mariposita. She was flying through the jardín. She was flying through the jardín. De repente. De repente. Pum se cayó. Pum se cayó. Aquí Hoshi dijo. Aquí Hoshi dijo. Good. There you go. So there was a little butterfly flying through the garden. And then she yeah. fell down and boop. That's it. <laughs> wow. Well, hopefully that comes up in casual conversation. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> So it's, there was a little mariposita. She was flying through the jardín. Very nice. So if you practice it, it'll be good. You just need to spit that out randomly. I will. I will. I'll, I'm marking that down right now. <laughs> you got one right more on. dad joke for me, brother? What's that? You got one more dad joke for me? Because I've got one more for you. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Sure? This is my wife's least favorite joke of all time all right all right all right whale walks into a bar okay ask the bartender for a drink yeah <laughs> bartender looks at the whale and is like what the hell is he? he's like and the whale looks at him really upset just kind He ain't got to see Bruce's face. You get it? <laughs> no. Yeah, because you don't speak whale. No. <laughs> That's it. Okay, so this guy walks into a bar. There's nobody in the place. He starts walking up to the bar. Before he realizes it, somebody says, hey, good looking. He looks around. He doesn't see anybody. Bartender comes up to him. He says, hey, who said that? The bartender says, it was the peanuts. They're complimentary. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, baby. <laughs> Bruce, as always, it has been an absolute blast. Our regular once a week dad talk. It's been fantastic, brother. Love you. I love you too, man. This is fun. And uh, absolutely. And uh, oh, don't forget about our fantasy football. We got to talk about our. We've completely about forgot about the. No, we haven't forgotten about it. But let's talk about it because we've okay, got. Okay. We've already got Jeremy. Jeremy Retz. Jeremy's in. Jeremy Retz is in. We need. We need nine more. Nine more. You can either just reach out to us quickly so it can fill up. But if not, or if we have a lot of demand, then we'll ask you guys to do stupid shit to get into it. But I doubt <laughs> yeah. we have enough people. But what I'd like. I, I don't think 12 people listen to us. And so, if you, don't, you know, <laughs> yeah. And if they don't know how to play, that's fine. Cause I'll just kick your ass anyway. But oh, Matt, you tell them, tell, tell them what, Tell them what happened and what we're going to give away for this thing so they get motivated. Okay. Okay, so certain situations, certain circumstances. Listen, we're getting other stuff. We're gathering more prizes. We're getting from other people. We know some fans. We know some folks that know folks. And this guy whose brother-in-law is the dentist of the mailman of the guy. But we got a James Jones NFL jersey to give away as part of the part of maybe maybe the winner's package maybe maybe the james jones jersey would be like the least that you would win and that would be like third place okay can you imagine that what a league would that be right we just need like two other greater prizes than a james jones jersey i am 
struggling to think of anything better. I I don't know if we can, but we're working on it because we're going to have some kick-ass prizes and that might be first place. There'll be merch on how we do, but there's going to be some borders, you know, some Packers without borders merch, Matt. Oh yeah. I completely went in on that a hundred percent and we've we've got got a ton tossing up there. Please support us with that stuff. It's so awesome. And, And send us pics when you get the merch, but we'll be giving some of that away for sure. Absolutely. You know, um, and uh, we have pictures with the kilt. We'll be giving those away. (laughs) Maybe those those will be DMs. Maybe not. (laughs) Maybe not the the pics. (laughs) No, no. but we'll find something. I'm actually working on finding a mariachi sombrero um, that I'll get at some point and we've got some time. So I'm going to try to work on that. Hopefully, you know, showtime does come down to El Paso. Um, and if I can get it signed, I will, if not, then you'll just get a nice mariachi hat that I'm thinking of trying to find and we'll do a green and gold one. I, I'm going to, I'm going to throw that into the pot for one of the gifts as well. So we've got a Jones Jersey, we've got a mariachi hat and we'll see what else we're going to do, but we really want people on this fantasy football league just to we, kick just, it off the inaugural season of the annual Packers Without Borders Fantasy Football League. It'll be the Bruce crying that he was eliminated week three league. That's the name of the league. I believe we're going to call it that. I think, uh, yeah, yeah, it'll be good. It'll be a lot of fun. Matt, it was a really great time, brother. I've got to go do some grilling. My brother's in town from San Diego. Let's do this. Awesome, man. I love you. Sounds good. All right, brother, you take care of yourself. Nos vemos. This has been Packers Without Borders. Remember to be good to each other. Life is about God, family, and the Green Bay Packers. Until next time, que Dios nos bendiga, nos vemos. Hey, nobody said fuck the Vikings. What's that all about?